I uh, want to talk to you a little bit about a few little things that I think will help distinguish between seeming, not contradiction, but discrepancies, seeming discrepancies. You know, there's a lot of things in the Bible that seems to say. It just seems to say. And so take your Bible and turn to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We will talk a little bit and see where it leads us to. Look in verse 15. You've seen this verse many, many times. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we study the Bible so we can gain discernment. But believe it or not, there are a lot of things that need to be divided in the Scriptures. We think about God. You can't get any holier than God. I guess when you think about man, you can't get any worse than man. So there's two extremes here. One that's holy and one that's very, very wicked, very sinful. There's a wide gap between the two. And so we know that there is a great divide. Now take your Bible and turn to the book of John chapter 3. The Gospel of John in chapter 3. In verse 18, John chapter 3 and verse 18. And this is what he says. And when you look at this verse, out of all the people in the world, even though the whole world is separated from God, in verse 18 he says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So the Bible does divide between the believers and the unbelievers. Now why is they separated? Well, because somebody believed something, and the unbelievers were somebody didn't believe something. See how simple it is? Some believed something, and somebody didn't believe something else. So whatever it is, we ought to find out what it is. They cause this great division among those that believe and those that don't believe. So you find out. I wonder what he's talking about. So there's in the Bible this great division. Now, we know in studying the Bible, there's verses that talks about no works. And then we have another division, as you read the scriptures, talks about according to their works. No works. According to their works. So there has to be something, or there's a contradiction in the Bible. So when he says no works, and he says according to their works, then either the Bible contradicts itself, or there's got to be a, a meeting of the minds on the context. What's he talking about? So where does it say in the Bible, not of works lest any man should boast? Where's that at in the Bible? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. You know the verse, so you're going to quote the verse for me, right? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So there is something that's not of works. What in that verse does it say was not of works? Salvation. You, for by grace are you saved, but it's not of yourselves, it's not of works. So 
Where does he say in the Bible that not by works of righteousness which we have done? Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us. So the Bible does say not of works. But is there verses in the Bible that does say according to your works? Is that in the Bible? So something is according to your works, and something is not according to your works. If it's not according to works, it has to be grace. Right? So if it is something according to your works, that can't be grace. It had to be according to your works. So if it's according to your works, that can't be grace. But if it's not according to your works, and it is not work, then it has to be grace. Isn't that simple? I believe it's simple. Look in 1 Corinthians in chapter 3. 1 Corinthians in chapter 3. Chapter 3, and look what he says there in verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward, and there's those words, according to his own work, his own labor. So the Bible does say that you do get something according to your works, and there's something else that you can have that's not according to your works. So we know that salvation is by grace. It means it's not according to your works. So that's why you don't have to do any works to get it. Because if it was by your works or according to your works, then you'd have to earn it. And if you had to earn it, then that means it can't be by grace. But there are things that the Bible says that are according to your works. So if it's not salvation, what could it be? Hmm? Rewards. We know that rewards are things that are earned. And that's mentioned in quite a few places in the Bible. And one place is found right here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 8. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. Chapter 5 also tells us in verse 10. Because you see there are seeming contradictions in the Bible or discrepancies. Where it seems like some people can take those words that are according to your works. And it's amazing how many people will put those to salvation. And it doesn't go to salvation. That goes to service. And that goes for rewards. So in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, look what he says in verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, and see those words, according to that he hath done, or according to his works. Whether good or bad, which is referring to the quality, and not talking about your sin, but the quality of your works. So every man is going to have to give an account of himself, and he's going to be rewarded accordingly. So if he's going to be rewarded accordingly, now look in chapter 20 of the book of Revelation. Chapter 20 of Revelation, and there's two verses there that I want you to look at. They're real close together. And this is in verse 12 and 13. Look in verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. According to what? According to their work. So 
when the Bible says, according to your works, we say, well, that's, um, you know, for rewards, right? So can God, or is God, going to reward in heaven the lost man according to his works? Is God going to reward the lost man in heaven according to his work? Can, a, can God give a lost man rewards in heaven? So all the work that a lost man does, he can never get rewarded for in heaven. Now, the Bible does talk about reaping the consequences or being recompensed a reward, but it's an evil reward. It's something you earned, and that depends upon the punishment you receive in hell. But no lost man can get rewarded in heaven according to his works. But there is something else he can be rewarded for, but it's not rewards in heaven. And you'll see that in just a minute. Now look in verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Now, is this referring to the saved man, or is it referring to the lost man? To the lost man. So, we know according to the works cannot be referring to rewards. So, when we see the words according to their works, referring to the Christian in heaven, we know that refers to rewards in heaven that God's going to give to the believer. So, a lost man is going to be judged according to his works. But is that going to be to receive rewards in heaven? No. It can't be referring to rewards in heaven because he's not going to heaven. Be ashamed to have rewards up there for him. He ain't going to show up. So I don't believe that's what it's referring to. Now, whenever you look at some of these things and think about them, you think about this. In a moment of time, in a moment of time. Now, let's say, for example, here's Yankee Arnold, the preacher. So far I have lived a little over 73 years. So from the time I was born, all right, I was born right here. This is where I was born. And now I'm 18 years old right here. And over here, I'm 73 years old. So in a moment of time, somewhere during my life, my salvation was in a moment of time. In one moment in time, I made a decision to trust Christ as my Savior. So I was saved that very moment that I trusted Christ as my Savior. Now, when we talk about our rewards, it's not a moment in time. It is moments in time. So when I get to heaven, God's going to reward me. So... My life, since I have been saved, I will give an account to the Lord for. And I'm going to be judged, rewarded for what I have done for the Lord since I have been saved. So my rewards in heaven is according to my works that I do. And that's over a period of time. So a period of time... And a moment in time is two different things. See, I was born, and then I got saved. Now, if this moment of salvation is totally different from what I'm going to be rewarded for, 
in eternity. So keep that in mind. Now, that means that you hear from the Bible, something is never lost. And then he talks about things that can be lost. So something that can't be lost and something that can be lost. So what can't be lost? Well, I think you already have an idea, but take your Bible and look there in the book of John in chapter 5. John chapter 5. And notice, first of all, about this moment in time. In all of the time that you lived, there had to be a moment, a day, that you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You weren't gradually become a Christian. You had to be born at a moment in time. You may not remember the exact day or the hour, maybe not even the month or the year, but you have to know there was a time when you believed on the Lord. And so hopefully it is clear in your mind. Now John in chapter 5 and verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life. So when do you get this everlasting life? At this very moment in time. The moment you trusted Christ as your Savior, that split second you believed, you received everlasting life. When he makes the statement, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed, that's past tense. Passed from death unto life. When did you pass from death unto life? The, the very moment you trusted the Lord, you were passed from death unto life that very moment. Now, take your Bible, look here in John chapter 6. These are all familiar verses, nothing hard, nothing complicated. But now notice what it says in John chapter 6 and verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Cast out of what? Cast out. You're not there yet. Once you're there, you're not going to get cast out. But remember, there is something else here. Remember this. Once you trust Christ as your Savior, you are placed in Christ. When? The very moment you trusted the Lord, you were placed in Christ. So when God looks for you, your life is hid with Christ. You are hid in Him. And what's so important about that is this. When you are found in Christ, that means that when before the Father, I am not seen, but God sees His Son, and I am in His Son. Have you ever seen Hank Lindstrom do the um, illustration of taking a book, opening up the book, saying this book represents the Bible, and this represents me, and I am not to be found having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And when you trust Christ as your Savior, you are placed in Christ. Now, when God looks for me, can't find me. I'm hid. Colossians in chapter 3, I am hid in Christ. That's where I am. Be not found having your own righteousness. 
So you got to hide in Christ. And that's by trusting Christ as your Savior. Now, you and I don't have to fear, and we don't have to run around and hide, and God can't say where I'm at. But God sees us in the righteousness of His Son. So in heaven, I am seen through the righteousness of Christ. Now, once you and I trust Christ as our Savior, God didn't just take us on home. He left us here. So in this world, people see me, but they can't see Christ. In heaven, God sees Christ and can't see me. Now, that's because I have been placed in Christ, and I am as righteous as Christ, and there's no difference. Because I'm just like the Lord. I have been given His righteousness, not because of anything that I've done. That's the love of God. That is called grace. But in this life, I have Christ in me. Salvation, me in Christ. In service, Christ in me. So take your Bible and look there in the book of, well, let's just finish this. I want to see one other verse right here so you can see it. Verse 39, and this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which has given me I should lose nothing. So salvation, you and I know, cannot be lost. Now, just run over there to the book of Philippians real quick. And you'll notice in Philippians in chapter 1, where we have in this world... The people don't see Christ, they see us. But Christ lives within us, and He wants us to use, he, do you, let Him use our bodies. Look what He says there in verse 20. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body whether it be by life or death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And as long as I live in this flesh or this body, this is the fruit of my labor. So I'm in a trick between two. I have a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, but it's more needful that I remain here with you. So God could have taken us on home, which would be far better, but He left us here because somebody here needs us. So therefore... We have me in Christ, salvation. Christ in me, service. So while we're in this life, we're supposed to always remember, Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. So I'm supposed to live and let Christ be magnified through my body, to do whatever he wants to with me. Now, going back to the other issue, when we talk about something that cannot be lost, once you are saved, you cannot be lost. But there must be something that you can lose because the Bible does say about receiving a full reward. Let no man take thy crown. And so take your Bible and look there in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 3. 1 Corinthians and chapter 3. And notice what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And you'll notice that there is a verse here that says in verse 15, If any man's work 
shall be burned. Now he's talking to believers, and they're going to be judged according to their works. And some works are going to be gold, silver, and precious stones. Some works are going to be hay, wood, and stubble. And they're going to be burned, destroyed. And it's because after you were saved, you built upon this foundation in verse 11. And there's no other foundation than that can be laid, which is Christ Jesus. So in verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer what? Now, there's a lot of people today that are teaching that you are going to be punished in heaven. That God is going to take and bring out your sins. And you're going to be punished. And this is for those sins that you've done since you've been saved. And therefore, God is going to cast you out of the kingdom. And you're not going to be able to participate in the kingdom. And you're going to be beaten with maybe a few stripes. But it's going to be according to your works. I don't buy that at all. I don't believe that I'm looking forward to the great day when I get beaten up by my heavenly father. Now, I never look forward to a whooping from my earthly father. And it's a cinch I would not be looking forward. To, I mean, the Lord comes in the air. No, 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 not now, not now. You'd be living in holy fear. My mom always told me, she says, Yankee boy. I always call me Yankee boy. You just wait till your daddy gets home. Ooh. Do you think I was looking forward for my daddy to come home? No. Because I knew he's going to kill me. No, you don't reason with my dad. You didn't reason with him. I mean, no, nothing. You were going to die. I mean, I, I got killed a number of times. So you believe in a resurrection? I sure do. <laughs> but you're going to suffer the loss of what you could have had. If this is a rewarding stand... You're going to be rewarded for what you did. You're going to suffer the loss of rewards of what you could have had. So there are some things you can lose. And the Bible says there's something that you cannot lose. He'll never cash you out, never lose you. So there can seem to be some discrepancies in the Bible. But when you understand what he's referring to, then it's not quite so bad. So you've got to take and keep that in mind. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. The book of Ephesians in chapter 1. Remember this, when it comes to salvation, look in Ephesians 1 and verse 6. I'm going to heaven, though we know that God is so holy, man is so sinful. For me to get to heaven is not something I'm going to be able to do. So by grace and grace alone is why I can go to heaven. Not because I earned it or deserved it. Not one work have I done. So Christ comes, makes a payment, comes back from the dead. And what he did, he did it for me. He was my substitute. So the Bible says when you accept Christ as your Savior, you accept Christ. God accepts Christ. You are accepted because you are in His beloved. So you see there in verse 6, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted because of where we are. Because we are in Christ. And because Christ is perfect, righteous, and just, and He gave us His righteousness, the cloak of righteousness, in God's eyes, I am as righteous, as holy as God is. 
So there's no difference. So he says here, we are accepted in the beloved. Now, there's other things that talks about being approved of God or disapproved. So turn into 1 Corinthians in chapter 9. 1 Corinthians in chapter 9. The apostle Paul talking about becoming all things to all men that he might by all means get some saved. And so he would try everything, do everything. That's a little bit about what we do today, by all means. But he says, we are running in a race in verse 24. And then he says in verse 25, and every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered or self-controlled in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. So there's a reason why we run our race, because we're going to get something for running the race. And then he says you'll get something for running the race according to the rules. Because you have to run according to what is required. If you want the mastery. Now remember this, the Bible talks about those Old Testament saints in chapter 11 of Hebrews. And he talks about they suffered these things believing that they would have a better resurrection. Now, they'll all be resurrected, but some want something better, a more abundant entrance. It's just like this, and we got some of these kids here. We hope they all graduate. We really do. <laughs> but we do hope that some will graduate with honors. No, we do hope, and whenever y'all went to the public schools, and sometimes you had a valedictorian, you, but you had to have somebody with the honors. Now, I was never in that group. I was in the other group that made the other group possible. <laughs> so, when you get to heaven, you'll be in heaven, but God wants to honor you. And the uh, more you do for the Lord, according to your works, He is going to bless you accordingly. Otherwise, there's no sense doing it according to your work. That means there's something about this, and I'll show you that in just a second. But here he makes a statement. We run, in verse 26, not as uncertainly, so finite, not as one that beateth the air like a shadow boxer. You never seen a shadow boxer? He's just a swinging and boxing away, but nobody's there. There's some people who go through the motions, but they never hit anybody, never do anything. I just want to get through with life. I just want to give the old devil a black eye. I want him to know I Yankee was here, and he passed through. Wouldn't it be a shame to live your whole life and Satan not even know who you are? 